welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out. It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. Welcome to today's episode. We are going to talk about saying no. Jamie's going to tell us all how to do it. Yes. We're, we're, <laughs> yes. Say yes. We're, we're, say no. we're saying yes to saying no. So I was thinking about this topic actually. I'm a part of the Peloton community and <laughs> love Peloton. <laughs> love Peloton again. Peloton's not a sponsor. If you'd like to sponsor us, Peloton, Yet. please feel free. <laughs> One of their themes or whatever over the last few months had to do with doing things to be able to say yes more. Mm. And one of the topics was on saying no in order to create more room to say yes to things that are important to you. And so that's one of the sort of one of the inspirations for today. Avery, Lucy, how are the two of you at saying no? How difficult is it for you to say no and being able to kind of make the no stick? It depends on what I'm saying yes or no to. So Uh I think with, like, I think about like my kid's school and if people might ask me to like do things, like I'm real clear at like saying no. So I think for commitments outside of myself and opportunities, I'm pretty good at saying no to certain things. It happens when I'm closer with people, right? So like Mm. my kids or my husband or, you know, things closer, that's a little bit stickier for me and a little bit harder to say no. Yeah. I would say I'm getting better at it. I think when I was younger and in a newer in newer in my professional life, I wanted to say yes to everything. And as I'm getting older, I'm finding it more important to say no. So it's it's a, a work in progress, I would say. I would say for me, I think Lucy, it's probably a little bit of the opposite for me. <laughs> I'm pretty good at sort of being the one to say no to my kids or to Robert or, or whoever, but it's the folks outside, especially like clients mm. or my position at UNT. Mm. Like whenever folks ask me to do things, I have a tendency to say yes without maybe completely thinking it through and then over committing myself. And mm-hmm. then that just sends me down a, yeah. a whole path of stress. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes the first step, and we I may be jumping too soon, but even being clear with myself of, am I a yes or a no? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if I have clarity, it makes it easier to say one or another. But I think sometimes, and Jimmy, when you talked about kind of clients or work stuff getting mm-hmm. in the way, I think my ego can hijack the whole process. Yes. And oh, I'm being asked to do yep. something and I can please these people. Yes. And that whole story that makes me more likely to say yes when I'm really a no. Right. And I like jump a little too quickly or get too excited. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As I was saying earlier in my life, in my career, I would so quickly just say yes without even thinking about it that over time I've developed these like space giving phrases of like, let me get back to you basically. So I can try to pay attention to that Mm -hmm. of just like, well, what do I really want to do? Like, is it a yes or a no? And I think before I thought it's always a yes and I have to kind of give myself some time and space to figure it out. Think about it. And I think that is one of the most wonderful gifts we can give ourselves is not having to have an answer (laughs) right now. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can kind of circle back Mm -hmm. to that, like tips for saying no, but maybe one of the things that we could- excited. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're jumping in. We're jumping in. But maybe talking about why it's important, why it's important for us to say no, you know, and 
when I think about the word no, and really, I think it's one of the bravest things that we can say. Sure. And I think it's going to flow nicely into our next couple of podcasts mm. on asking for help and, and then the book that we're going to review here in a couple of weeks. But I just think it's, it's one of the bravest things that, that we can do. But I think a lot of times people believe that they don't have a right mm. to say no when actually that, that is our right. As human beings, we all have a right to say no, and we have to say no in order to create more room for abundance in our life, for us to be able to to say yes to things that really matter to us. And one of the tools that I've used like with my clients or with my students that they will also use with their clients is something called a personal bill of rights, which I think is really oh, helpful that. for us in, in understanding. And is this something you have them like do in writing? Yeah, they can do it in writing or they'll give maybe like a handout to clients and have them kind of work through it and see what it is mm. that they agree with, where they have kind of sticky points with it. And so I thought maybe it'd be helpful for us, for us to talk about what goes into to and what's and included. Yeah, what's included. There are different versions of it. But you know, one of the first things is that we have the right to say no to things that are harmful to us, to mm. things that are hurtful to us, you know, and that can run the gamut, really. Things that are, for example, in relationships for mm. people that maybe are toxic or abusive or just are not supportive individuals. We have the right to say no to those individuals. Are there other things that come to mind for the two of you? I was just thinking when you said that, that's kind of this clear line if it's harmful or toxic. Yes. But what mm. about things that aren't necessarily harmful or toxic, but we just don't want to. <laughs> right? like, like that sometimes might be harder. So if we have this clear sense of like, this is wrong, this is bad, it's not okay. That sometimes makes it easier to say no. Mm -hmm. But then especially for those of us who might be a little more like people pleasing, there's this fuzzier stuff that can get a little messier. Right. It can be hard to figure that out. As a people pleaser myself and the person that always wanted to say yes, I think it can be harder to figure that the shades of gray out. If, if it's a clear no of this is harmful to me, I'm, although I'll be honest, sometimes that's not that clear. I mean, we don't really know if it's harm or we, we, it can be hard to see and understand that things are costing us or are harmful to us. And it can be hard to kind of sort that out. And again, it doesn't have to go to the extreme mm -hmm. extreme of clear cut abusive situations um, right. or, or toxic situations. I mean, it could be things like, you know, overscheduling yourself mm. and, and working too much. You know, I was recently sent a job opportunity at UNT to kind of, you know, up my position from adjunct faculty to another position in, in the department. And I had to take a little bit to think about it. And it was really interesting. I was trying observing like my thinking pattern of figuring out how I'm going to make everything fit. <laughs> like I'm not busy enough. How am I going to make this all fit so that I can do this so that I can say yes to this? And I had to really pull back and really connect back to my values of what is important and ultimately turn the job down and not even apply for it, even though mm. it was sent directly to me. Like, hey, we think you'd be an optimal, ideal candidate, blah, 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 all that good stuff. It's hard to say no to that. It is. It it's is. very hard to say no to that. Back to your point, Lucy, we have the right, you know, another part of the Bill of Rights is that we've got the right to assert what we want, you know, every day. Other people want us to attend to their needs, right? <laughs> your kids, your partner, <laughs> you know, if you're in an environment where you have a boss, coworkers, friends, you know, it, everybody is always trying to get us to do something, mm -hmm. right? And that's just the way that it is. I mean, it's just how 
how people work. It's not because these individuals are selfish. So you have to have your own best interests at heart. You really have to tune in, right? And so when and you- that might vary, I can yeah, imagine, depending absolutely. on the day, the season mm-hmm. of life that you're in, yeah. that might be different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So what happens for the two of you when you say yes to something that you don't really want to do? I get resentful. Like I can be irritable and resentful and feel depleted and like this martyr. Like I can Mm -hmm. be a little bit of a martyr sometimes. Yeah. Annoyed, irritable, irritated, put out. And and I realize that I'm doing that all myself, that this person has just asked to your point that you're making, Jamie, that people ask. I mean, that's our kids' jobs. That's our spouses, our coworkers. Like it's their jobs to ask us to do things. That's the way we work. And it's our job to kind of go inside and and to try to kind of do the best job we can of taking care of ourselves. But I do, I find myself getting resentful and angry and irritable when all somebody maybe has done is ask me. And it's me. I've said yes when I really meant no or really needed to say no. Right. And I'll even take that a step further and become kind of like self aggressive Uh after that, after I get resentful at them, you know, after I say yes when I didn't really want Mm -hmm. to end up hating the thing that I'm doing, I will get aggressive with myself and be like, oh, how could you do that? You know, uh, that you're so stupid, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. for saying this. But like layers it on. Layers it on. There we go. One after another. It's not enough that you're doing this thing you don't really want to do, but now you're uh, upset with them, upset with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And another piece of the Bill of Rights that I talk about with clients is that you have the right to say no to stories that don't work for you. Mm. Right. So these whole ideas, things that society tells us that we need to be doing, you know, you need to be in a relationship, you need to get married, you need to have kids, you need to go to college, you need to have this high paying job, you need to be successful. Mm. You know, the list really is almost infinite, but we have the right to distinguish between the stories that are handed to us, right, that are passed down to us, that we're kind of conditioned. And we'll talk about this again in the uh, more of the book review that we do at the end of the month. It's but, on Untamed, yes, by the way. Yes, on Untamed. You've got the right to discern what's been handed to you and what is it that you want? What is it that you need to have a fulfilling life? Right. I've been thinking a lot about that because I think most often we don't even realize that those were stories that were handed to us and that we have a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I've been thinking about it from a parenting perspective where I'll be honest, when my kids are obedient and compliant, my job as a parent is much easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like easy and pleasant and here we go along. But as I think about it, like that's not really what I want for my child is to have them just obey and comply. Right. I want them to be able to take in messages and evaluate them and really be their own person. Right. And a part of that comes with being able to recognize that there's maybe an alternative to this story. And I don't right. just have to take it all in and do as I'm told. Which is tricky because it's a lot more work as a parent when your children do that. (laughs) And even for ourselves. And I I will say this is with all of us. I think our kids are about to be entering the teenage years. And I think a lot of parents have a lot of trepidation about that. But I've actually really kind of enjoyed the little bit of sass that I get (laughs) from Grace. Kind of I can step back and sort of observe. And it's kind of amusing to me. Like, yes, you know, she has her own voice. Sometimes I don't always appreciate it. But... A lot of times I like to kind of reflect on what it is that she's, she said, I think she's a pretty wise 12 year old. Mm-hmm. But really that's what you want for them. Yes. Like at the end of the day, you want mm-hmm. them to have their own voice. 
you want them to be able to say no, right? I mean, yeah. I think even back when they were two and three, we were, we probably all heard no a lot. And that idea that like they needed to learn how to say it then so they can say it now. And we're getting to that age where we really want our kids to be able to say no to all big, bad, scary of, things, little uh-huh. bitty, minor things, like all in between. We want them to be able to know that they mean no and kind of be able to to honor and respect that. Yeah. But I love the idea of how do we help ourselves and others be aware that there are stories that we're Mm -hmm. internalizing and how do we start to name those and then challenge them? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So another piece of this bill of rights is that we have the right to take our time. So back to your point, Avery, say that again, say that phrase that you like to use. So it's either give me some time to think about that, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to have to get back to you or I really hate saying, I don't know. It's not really my favorite thing to say, but I'm practicing that. Like, I don't know right now. I think even as a parent, sometimes it can be, I I don't know what my answer is going to be. Sometimes with teenagers, I think you can say, if we talk about it right now, it might be a no, but I might be able to think about it and, and give you more of what you want if I can have some time to think. But just giving that space to like be able to sit and think, what is it that really fits? And then I'll communicate with you after I've done that versus feeling the need right now in this moment to give an answer that I may regret. I have a wise mentor who says just that, like, okay, I'm going to need some time. And if you have to know now, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> there we go. Right, right. <laughs> Love that. Love that. And I think another powerful piece where we can say no is that we can say no to kind of putting on a facade, wearing a mask, right? So that other people will like us. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the right to be honest with ourselves. And I think honesty really is the best medicine when it comes to our own identity development, Mm -hmm. our relationships, just all around. Mm -hmm. And that's something, this idea of being authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm realizing all the little ways and it sounds so bad, but that they're like white lies. Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. Would you like something to eat? No. Right. I mean, but it's a sense (laughs) of like, what keeps me from telling the truth, Mm -hmm. right? Or if I make plans with someone and I need to change them, for whatever this happened a few weeks ago, we had invited a, a family over for dinner. And then I realized like, okay, I'm about to get my second COVID shot. And then I have to leave town. Like this could be risky in terms of exposure. And I just feel anxious. And I was talking to my husband. He's like, well, why don't you just tell him something else came up? And I was like, well, what's so bad about the truth? Like, why can't right. I just be honest and say, I'm anxious. I didn't do the math on all of this. Can we reschedule for like April or May? Right. And I think that when we feel like we can't be honest, that kind of keeps those unhelpful stories going of like, okay, Lucy, it's not valuable enough that you have, that you're just feeling anxious. And so we need to like invent this other thing, which may actually end up stressing you out more. Right. And then you got to keep track and of what stories that you've them. told versus uh-huh. like kind of giving yourself that message that, hey, being anxious is the truth and that's enough. Yeah. 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 And I think one of the other pieces of the Bill of Rights that I I really like is that we are entitled to say no to all the noise, to mm. all the noise around us, whatever that might be. Maybe it's, you know, news, social media, pressures, all of those things. We can say no to that. We can take time for ourselves. We can give ourselves some space. We can sit in silence every day, do a little mindfulness meditation. We can do that in order to better connect with ourselves. I think it's really important to be able to take some time each day to sit still for a moment and, you know, know that what we have is enough just right where we are and we don't have to get caught up in kind of all of that noisiness around us. 
Sounds like what you're talking about is kind of like boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? Of just kind of being able to give ourselves that space to kind of keep the noise at bay and listen and attune to where we are and, and being able to give ourselves kind of that strength or courage or power to be able to separate and step out of things that are not serving us. Yeah. So we've talked about a lot of situations, the the why of why it's important to say no and all the different scenarios in which we can say no. So how do you say no? <laughs> pragmatics. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the pragmatics of it. I think I'm going to start by answering that question with the how not to say no. Okay. All right. <laughs> I like because that. Because <laughs> I will find that I, a lot of times, will over-explain, try to make sure that the other person can exactly understand why I'm saying no, how okay. I'm saying no. And basically what I'm trying to get them to say is, of course you have to say no. Anybody would say no. And I think that you want their approval. I want yeah. their approval. All so right. it would be the difference between me saying, Hey, Jamie, I'm not going to be able to go to lunch today versus Jamie. I have 5,000 errands I have to run and four patients. And I need, I need you to like tell me that and you'd you, like for me to tell you that not that, to go to lunch. Yes. You would <laughs> like for me to do the no go, for yes, you. Basically. I want to yes. set you up to do the no for me. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The other issue is that when people, hear all of that. One, it's it's a little bit overwhelming. I mean, I think it's a, it's a lot of detail. And two, they may not agree with you. They may say, well, you know, I would in the same situation do this differently. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of gives both of you the impression that they need to give their approval in order for you to say no. Both them, that they get to kind of confirm or deny that you're saying no, and you, that you have to make sure. And so I think the over-explaining is a trap I have fallen into many, many times. And I think it's it's so much simpler just to say, no, I don't have time for that. I'm not available for that. Yeah, It's almost like when we say no, we can get pulled into that defensive That's position. Right. So exactly it's the explaining, right. but also the justifying mm-hmm. and like we need to defend something. And there's a closing off mm-hmm. that happens to that. That, that doesn't so feel true. good on either it side. It doesn't. It doesn't. And and I think that's where being truthful can be helpful, kind of to your point about the dinner, that being honest and truthful is one thing. I think that that can really strengthen the relationship when you say, Lucy, I just, I don't have space today. And I, I know you're going to understand or I, I value, you know, whatever, but I just, I can't have, I can't have lunch today. Sometimes being honest about it can be helpful, but it's that need for approval that gets sneaky and that we want to make sure that you know, you don't need approval. I don't need your approval to say no. I live my life. I get to decide whether I have time for lunch or anything. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So being honest sounds like is a really big piece, honest Mm -hmm. to yourselves, Mm -hmm. uh, understanding why you don't want to do something and really kind of connecting with that. And then being able to express that why in a really kind of succinct, just descriptive, Mm -hmm. objective kind of way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think of Brene Brown, who says like clear is kind. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we tell stories and we get unclear and we go round and round because we don't want to be mean or we think we're being kind, but Mm -hmm. often you can sense it. Right. And so there's this power that when we speak truth, using impeccable words, right. So kind of clear, Mm -hmm. concise words, everyone's nervous system can settle. Yeah. Like, phew, like there it is. Even Mm -hmm. if we feel hurt or don't necessarily like it, there's a clarity that comes Mm -hmm. with that about other pieces on, on saying no, you know, something that I I think about 
in saying no and being assertive is actually saying no, but doing it in a kind way, Mm. doing it in a loving way. You know, we don't have to have this really authoritarian kind of tone when we say no, aggressive. Mm -hmm. Yes, we don't have to do that. You know, it's if, you know, for me, if people can't handle the no when you say it in a loving way, then that just means that there are other problems in the relationship to begin with. Right. Yeah. And then how- so what would be an example of like a kind versus unkind way to say no? Well, I think to me trying to lure you, Lucy, into coming with me to Disney. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and you told me no, week. but uh-huh. I wasn't like, hell no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go with ask. you. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, Jamie, I have so much going on. It was just, let me think about it. You know, gave me kind of that delay and then came back to it. And you were just very kind. And, you know, you said it was, I would love to do this. It sounds like a really fabulous, awesome opportunity, but I just can't, you know, it's really short notice and I can't do it right now, but I can't mm-hmm. wait for the next time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and- what would have been unkind? Me being like, no bitch. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Done. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> to filter all that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm going to start responding like that to you anytime no you ask me to do something. No, no bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, you know, after that, right. So after you've said the no, I mean, then I think you can just kind of accept, right. Surrender, basically uh-huh. surrender. I've said the no. Now I just have to see what happens, wait for the results. And, you know, again, a lot of times we can get up in our minds, you know, in these stories about, oh, God, how awful it's going to be if I have to tell them no, all of this kind of stuff. But, you know, most of the time, things actually uh, turn out better than what we think that they're going to be, right? Right. And I think that's where the over-explaining can really get in my way, is to when I'm over explaining and I, like you said, I basically want to explain so much that you say the no for me. I don't leave space for your, emo- like maybe you have an emotional response. Maybe you have a response. And I think just, I don't leave space for that. If I'm over explaining, over explaining versus just saying no. And then letting there be a pause that if there is a response to that, if you have an emotional response, I've got some, like you said, kind of the pressure drops and we can kind of be open to that and have space for that too. I think that's part of the saying no is not having to manage someone else's reaction or response to me saying no. Mm -hmm. And so letting others have their feeling and tolerating that they may not like it Mm -hmm. or it may Mm -hmm. be an inconvenience or if I cancel last minute because I need to say no, like Mm -hmm. people may have feelings about that. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're in the business of trying to over explain and make sure that everybody's okay and get approval, you can lose that space for, hey, I can say no and you can have a response to that. That can not change my no, but we can kind of tolerate both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what would be some tips then for our listeners? So if we wrap this up. Like do try this at home. Do try this at home. What would be some tips or some some nuggets or pearls? One thing we we did not touch on that, that I have found to be very, very helpful is to kind of see it in like phases. There's some seasons of my life where I just have to be really honest with myself and say, Avery, you're not taking anything new on. So it's going to just be a blanket no. If anybody asks you something right now in this moment, you don't even have to really think about it. You can just kind of say no. Mm-hmm. Versus kind of those times where it's shades of gray of like, oh, I'm trying to get more involved in the school. So if they ask me to do something, maybe I'm going to say yes. Or, you know, kind of having those 
maybe decisions that you can make almost like a little bit upstream that you're not having to kind of use as much cognitive effort with every little no or every little yes so that you can kind of make more of a, like a little bit of a blanket idea for yourself. But then also I think giving yourself space to make those decisions. So whether it's kind of once and for all right now, we're not taking on being new or as we go, I'm going to give myself space to really think about it. How about you, Lucy? Gosh, I think giving ourselves permission to say no. Mm. And I think that the idea too is how can I say no so I can say yes to things that really fuel me and light me up, right? So I think that's the flip side of it. So when we say no, often it's to make space for yeses that work so much better in our life. That's right. And when we can kind of think about that, it's not just we're saying no or being mean, it's that there's this alternative that we're more drawn to and that we want to step into. And how do we clear out some of the clutter that interferes with that? I think I would say one thing would be, you know, if we're going to say no to other people, one of the first things that we need to do is say no to what our brains tell us, right? To the anxieties, Mm. to the regrets, to anything that's not really useful sorts of thoughts. And I will have clients do this sometime, you know, with each thought that, that comes up, label it as either useful or not useful. You know, if I'm going into a social situation and if I worry, oh my goodness, I bet these people are going to talk about me, talk behind my back, you know, that's not useful. Right. <laughs> that's not a useful right. thought. It's no. probably not going to lead to anything great. You know, it's none of my business what other people think of me, quite honestly. That's um, a really helpful. Yeah. I love that. I say that again. It's uh-huh. none of my business what other people think yeah, of me, that. right? So I don't want to be curious about the negative opinions that other people think about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not where drive I want us nuts. Yeah, not that's not where I want math. to. Uh-huh. I mean, if that's the case, then I'm going to be curious about all the wrong things right. in my life. So I, I would say, yes, say no to all the stories that your brain is telling you that lead to anxiety, that lead to regret, and that are just flat out not useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. So thanks for listening and we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Inspiration from the Couch.